Hello Aquarius friends, I'm Annie Botticelli and welcome to my Aquarius October 2021 Astrology Must Knows. Definitely go to AnnieHelpsYou.com where you will see the interface for all of the free goodies and other things that I make for you each month. You don't want to miss anything that I work hard to make you. You can see that link also in the notes below the video when you click on the little more button with the arrow underneath the video. This video is for you if Aquarius is your sun or your moon or your rising or any other placements that you have in Aquarius, this is a piece of your astrological picture. Astrology is complex and it's way more than just your sun sign, so I always try to encourage you to get a free birth chart online, just search for how to do that and learn more about your chart and then as I go into more details in the readings, then you can utilize the information that I give you in more detail. Also of note, if you are a late degree Aquarius, so basically around February 11th through the rest of the sign or 20 to 29 degrees, I also recommend that you watch my Pisces report or listen to the Pisces podcasts um, because you late degree people have a very complex read and you're going to have information in both reports that are relevant for you. All right, so what do we have going on this month? This is a month I'm calling the big wake up. Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury are going to be going direct. A lot of things that have been very dormant are going to start waking up in a big way. Things that have been dormant for a few weeks or lots of months might start coming back into the forefront in a very surprising and fast-moving way. That's the first major must-know. I have a very nice in-depth visual of the timeline of October, November, December where we talk about the complexities of Mercury retrograde in its shadow, the upcoming Venus retrograde and its shadow, the eclipses and those influences, and the dates before for the old eclipse cycle that we're leaving and the new eclipse cycle that we're going into. So I've got a special segment after we talk about these Aquarius-specific things that you won't want to miss, including the dates of the golden open window, our last very big launch period for the rest of the year. Okay, so we'll go into all of that, but we'll talk about more things specific for Aquarius now. First big must know for Aquarius is that we still have planets moving through Libra and that is very friendly for Aquarius because it makes the most favorable angle in all of astrology, the trine. So you've had a lot of energy focused on your relationships, all of us have, because Libra and now as the planets move into Scorpio, those are relationship focused placements. And hopefully there have been lots of positive improvements and maybe some ruckuses that wound up being positive hopefully in your relationship space and that focus on relationships is going to continue. A very important must know is that if anything in your relationships have come up September, October, if you're not sure what to do or you're kind of thinking you know what to do, you might want to hold off until October evolves towards the end or into the beginning of November or the, the big window of that we'll talk about with the golden opportunity in November to make your big decisions about whatever you figure out in your relationship space. And this also has to do with your financial relationships, you know, loans or borrowing monies, you know, selling things, buying, selling, anything like that. There's this big cycle that's being wrapped up and that's being focused on and you might think you have all the information in September and October but you might not. There's a very good chance that more information is going to be forthcoming that might flavor your decisions so you may want to hold off, try to very be, be very tuned into your intuition because you'll get that feeling like my logic is saying it's time to go but do it but my gut is saying don't do it yet and the more you tune into that and follow it, the more you'll get placed on your perfect divine timeline here. Okay, so let's see. Um, 
we've got a lot of energy waking up as far as travel and teaching and learning education programs, those types of Sagittarian efforts, different languages and cultures. Venus is going to move into Sagittarius, um, and this is going to be really highlighting your work sector. So international possibilities, um, moving to, to, for work, um, you know, international companies, things like that might factor very importantly for you. If you are feeling um, intuitively inclined or you have an opportunity to travel somewhere, there's, there's a chance that you might make a contact through the travel that could be very important for your work sector because your work sector is being highlighted now or past work that you did could start to show up in a big way. You might have to do a little work for that blessing because the angle that um, Venus is in at first at the beginning of the month is a little awkward, but it gets into a really nice angle as the um, month moves on, okay? So if a little bit of something comes up, probably you can push through to the rewards. All right, so let's see what else. So yeah, you've got multiple things that are highlighting that ninth house of travel and education and teaching and things like that. So those are likely to come up in, in major ways. Okay, so let's talk about what's been going on with Saturn and Jupiter. This has been very much of a discussion for astrologers for a while because first of all, Saturn and Jupiter being in the same sign is a big deal. Second of all, specifically for Aquarius, you've had these outer planets moving through your sign. So how has that been for you? You know, I imagine it's been pretty intense. Whenever an outer planet is moving through your sign, it's working on things on a very deep level and very with very long lasting effects. And you could see Jupiter and Saturn as having opposite effects in a lot of ways. Saturn seeks to restrict and to organize and to, to materialize. Jupiter seeks to expand. And so the, you know, I see the yogic forces of, of resistance and restriction and, and flow and openness kind of working in tandem here. And yes, each could, like Jupiter could mop up some Saturn messes and vice versa, or Saturn could offset some expansion that Jupiter wants to make. But if we just remember that we are, I believe, in a universe that has a benevolent source, that all of the things that are happening are working in a perfect way. Maybe there are things you want to expand without the annoying restrictions of Saturn, but maybe it's not best for you to expand so rapidly. I mean, just kind of think about some examples of like stars or people who win the lotto and they become like people who become famous super fast or they win the lotto and you get a money, you know, really fast. I'm not saying this happens to everybody, but you know, sometimes there's some awkwardness or some difficulty in handling that such a, a, a stark change in experience and that sometimes the slower expansion is better for the long term so that you're you can go on this slow uprise instead of just you know like this kind of situation okay so if you've been feeling the pushes and the pulls and the restriction and the flow you know that's a lot of what's going on here now those of you who are around six degrees so that's like the january born you know people around the the 28th of january or so and the days around there so basically we'll say all January born, you've been really feeling the um, the heaviness, the weight of Saturn sitting on you. And I've gone through a lot of Saturn transits, especially in the recent years of my life, because I have a ton of planets in Sagittarius and Capricorn. So before Saturn got to Aquarius, it was over 
all of my Capricorn placements, all of my Sagittarius placements. So these last many years for me have been one long Saturn um, conjunction, which is essentially what you January born or early degrees people are going through now. And it's great because it establishes things for you and it can bring things to be very material, very concrete. But the pressure, I mean, people are getting white hairs. I know that like white hairs, wrinkles, things like from your body just feeling the tension of this transit that you all are going through this. And the rest of the February born, you're going to have this going on for you coming soon, okay? If you know it's happening when it's happening, it's more helpful to understand it because otherwise you'll be like, wow, I feel like I'm going to crack. Like I'm, the pressure is so heavy that I'm going to crack. But to just know, you know, that what Saturn wants from you is discipline and um, consistency. I tell this story that I came up with in my um, course to kind of understand Saturn better. Saturn is like a wealthy, wise, grandfather-like energy, okay, where there's all this tradition and the way things used to be and the things that have worked in the past kind of wrapped up into this story of like, we want you to work hard, get up early, work hard, be consistent, and then get to these certain gains. So to understand the Saturnian influence, I'll just tell you about this story, okay? So Saturn representing, representing form in this grandfather had two grandkids, okay? We'll just say they're two boys for no reason. This is just what the original story had in it, so that's why I'm gonna tell you the story. One, he knew that he was going to pass his fortune to these grandkids um, someday, and he was trying to prepare them for it. So the one kid was always receptive, and he would give him little projects that were kind of helping him to increase his money consciousness, to manage money, to learn, and then the other grandkid was really disrespectful and didn't want to learn and felt like he was doing something to him and felt sort of victimized that he was on his back and, and that kind of thing. So we have these two two ways we can experience Saturn is like greeting it with, you know, alacrity, like, okay, I see this time for me to do this and I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to learn and take the opportunity or I'm going to be mad, I'm going to feel like a victim, I'm going to, you know, be disrespectful and miss the opportunities. Okay, so time passes, the grandfather passes away, and he leaves everything to the grandkid that learned the lessons. And he leaves to the grandkid that didn't a series of books that outline what he was trying to teach him so that he could learn. <laughs> so that's kind of what happens with Saturn is we get our chops busted during the Saturn transit, and when we show up for it, at the end of it, we get the fortune whatever that comes in. Sometimes it is financial um, bliss. Sometimes it's, you know, other awarenesses or hard-earned things. If we don't, then we get the remembrance of the lessons that are hovering around in there in the form of these books that, you know, the other grandkid got, where we can go back to them and still learn the lessons and try, try to mop up what we didn't, you know, take the opportunity to do. So this is this is a time of pressure and then release. And so for the January born, let me just look at the exact dates here. So yeah, so for all of you early degree placements, that's the January born or zero through around 10 to 11 degrees, your Saturnian storyline is going to shift as of December. 
all right? Then your Saturn gifts will start to come in, you know, and you might start to see what those look like. Now, everybody else, you still have the opportunities from the grandfather. So as you're having pressures in your life, keep this story in your mind. That's why I tell these stories is to help you remember. You might not remember things that are said in passing, but if you have this kind of image of Saturn and as it's working in your life, it will be more helpful for you to work with this. This also can have to do with things with your physical body, getting more in touch with your physical body, um, taking care of your body better because, you know, the, the first house that's going to be influenced as, as Saturn is moving along here ha is going from the mind into the body, all right? So there are a lot of lessons there. Now, let's see. So the rest of you, you've got Saturn challenges ahead, but you also have Saturn opportunities, and it may take longer for you to see your gifts because the Saturn transit for you is not done yet. Okay, that was the big must know. Now, Jupiter going in the same area has been trying to help you to get in touch with your intuition. Jupiter has been um, helping you to see your body, again, with this body thing, right? So Saturn's working here, Jupiter's working here, to um, understand your body better, to have more freedom with your body through its self-care. So, and it's not just your physical body, it's also how you walk in the world. Many people in their Saturnian crisis are going to be asking the question, what the heck am I doing with my life and what do I want to be doing, right? And Jupiter is starting to give the little suggestions as to, ooh, this feels good. What about this? Maybe this is this will work, you know? So the crisis, Saturn's bringing some of the crisis, Jupiter's bringing some of the solutions and the new direction. So just be paying attention for that because this is, you know, a very important cycle. And once we get to the end of... December, this is another, you know, a big time, is Jupiter's going to move on to Pisces, be all done. But when Jupiter crosses over your placement, you are more likely to get big Jupiter kisses, okay? And you can see the dates for when you got your Jupiter kiss. If you look for my video, Jupiter and Aquarius for Aquarius, just search for Annie Botticelli, Jupiter and Aquarius for Aquarius. You can see the timeline of when each of you got your um, Jupiter kisses. And those of you from 22 degrees through the rest of the sign, you still have more Jupiter kisses to go, all right? So 22 degrees, that's going to be about like the 12th of February or so through the rest of the sign. So you're going to, you've already had kisses, those of you in that group, um, and now you're going to have more, all right? So let's see. Um, all right, now I wanna talk about specifics about October, November, December, about what the retrograde energies are helping you to do and what you can use them for this month and, um, and when the direct energies are really getting strong and what you can use those for. All right, so this is going to be really critical into understanding because you're going to have to make choices this month and this segment that I have for you with these visuals is going to help you to align the choices that you have to make. Okay, so to understand the theme, the big wake up for October, 2021, it's easier I think to see it in a visual um, context and also to understand October compared to November and December and what we've got going on in this cluster of time will help you to better understand the energy of this month. All right, so the first thing of note that we've got going on 
is that these outer planets are waking up. So Pluto on October 6th, Saturn on the 11th, Jupiter on the 18th, and then we've got Mercury also waking up. This is an inner planet, but we've still been in this Mercury retrograde period, um, you know, since September. So the energy for the first half or so of the month is very much retrograde, okay? And then every day, the 19th, 20th, 21st, every day we march into October, later in the month, these energies that just woke up start to get stronger, all right? So by the time we're at November 3rd, Mercury retrograde is clear and we enter this golden period of the 3rd through the 17th before the Venus shadow period starts. Venus shadow starts November 18th, gets stronger as the month of November goes on. Venus goes retrograde on December 19th. Okay, so you can see this time between November 3rd and the 17th is this golden opening where these planets are, have gained a lot of momentum. Mercury is completely strong. Venus has not yet started to slip. So now, now that we understand this, we'll get back to some of these other pieces here. Let's talk about the retro energies and direct energies and how you use them differently. So basically, the first half of October, we'll say through, of course, the 18th, because that's when everything goes direct. It's very strong in this, and this lingers throughout October, but it starts to get lighter and lighter as the month goes on, and as the month goes on, it gets more into these energies. And then the 3rd through the 17th of November is really, really strong with this energy, okay? So in retrograde time, we want to deal with what comes up more rather than trying to do future planning or, you know, think too much ahead. We want to clear out clutter in any area of our lives, our health, our relationships, our houses, our desk. We want to leave things unscheduled because last minute magic can show up and the more space you have to receive it, the better. This is a fantastic time for research, not as much the big launches and decisions and agreements and all of this stuff, um, unless it's unavoidable, but researching these things and making you know um, your pros and cons list, getting information so that you can strike when the iron's hot. The retro time, so you know it's basically all of October, but especially through around the 18th. We want to wrap up loose ends and finish old projects. Also, retrogrades are known for confusion where you can't see that far ahead. You're not sure about what you want to do with any of these kind of things, you know. Um, and if you know that that's, that's happening, then it's okay because you know that it's likely going to clear. It's a time to be in the moment and it's a time to honor the flow and, and not force anything. Now, as we get later in October, you'll start to feel the clarity coming back, especially once we get into November, the zest and ideas for new projects, things like big launches, like getting your book out, your creative babies of any sort, your big decisions, your agreements, your paperwork, your investing, your moves, anything like that, future planning, and that back to push and initiate mode away from the don't force mode is another 
important change that starts to evolve as October goes on. And the more you can do these things in this November 3rd through 17th, 3rd through 17th, you'll have all of the oomph of the direct motion. And I always liken this, this time to when the tide is going out. Retrograde is like when the tide is going in. If you try to push a message in a bottle out on the shore, you know, to go out to the sea, it's probably going to come bobbing right back to you. That's why these things are better indicated in the retrograde time. But as we move into the direct time, it's time to put your boat afloat, to have the, the action of the tides going out, you know, to put your bottle out to sea, to, to, to put all of your energy out there because you have oomph. Now, as we get into the 18th, the tides from the Venus perspective start slowly rolling in, okay? But there is quite a bit of usable, what I call usable energy for the rest of November. And I'm just giving you this little sneak peek to understand this, even though we're talking about October, because October is more in this retrograde mode. And then November is more in this direct mode, you see? So this will help you to better guide your actions in October to understand the energies of November more. But you will have some usable energy for the rest of November. You just have to use it w with caution. And you, if you want to get a sneak peek about this, we'll talk about this more in the November report. But look for Annie Botticelli Venus Retrograde. I have a whole Venus and Retrograde blog series. I've got a really great detailed video. And um, also my book, Planetology, How to Align with the Natural Rhythms of the Universe, has a very big section on these Venus retrograde energies. Okay, so now back to this energy in October, we also have at the beginning of the month, eclipse season is beginning, okay? Because the first eclipse is November 19th, but eclipse season starts around four to six weeks before the actual eclipse. So that places us right back here at the beginning of October. Okay, so besides this big wake up for these outer planets and Mercury, we've got eclipse season beginning. So, you know, those life-changing pieces of information, those life-changing experiences, those very big goodbyes, those very big hellos. And this is a very big wrap-up because this season holds the last eclipse in the Sagittarius-Gemini um, cycle. So what we're wrapping up here, and this energy is starting to make itself manifest in October, which is why we're talking about it now, the Sagittarius-Gemini eclipse cycle has been in effect since around March 2020. And everybody remembers that month will go down in infamy when the world shut down. So things wrapping up at this time. Also, if you want to have some context, you can think back. So basically, it was the, the eclipse cycle was from May 2020, but again, the four to six week period started us in March through around January of 2022. Okay, so we're here in October, we're starting to get the pieces falling together of closing out this cycle. If you want to have context as to when the last time that cycle happened, the Sagittarius-Gemini eclipse cycle. It was around 2010 to 2012. So you might see some similar storylines that came up at that time. Now what we're starting in this new cycle is the Taurus-Scorpio eclipse cycle. And of course, we'll go into way more details about this in the November and December reports when the actual eclipses occur, but it's important for you to know these things now because the eclipse season starts in early October. So think back to the end of 2002 and um, 
to like through 2003 and then the second half of 2012 to early 2014. <clears throat> then we've got now August 2021 through the end of 2023. And the reason why we have August here is because we do start to see a few months even before the eclipse cycle begins that sometimes little hints will come in. So that's very, very sensitive, you know, um, might be harder to see that energy. So we'll just put it back to October 2021 through the end of 2023 is the Taurus Scorpio cycle. So the things that are coming in now are going to really big, be big players through the end of 2023. And we'll go into details about exactly where that hits in your chart um, in the November and December reports. For our purposes for October, just know that it's a big wrap up of the old eclipse cycle and the big beginning of the new eclipse cycle as this eclipse season starts this month. Okay, so I've given you lots of information to help you make the most of October 2021 and beyond. If you would like even more information, definitely go to AnnieHelpsYou.com. That is the interface for all of the things that I do for you each month, the connection to my podcast and my Pinterest and my school and my blogs and all of that you can find there. If you would like to be an astrologer as your profession or just to do it to help your friends and family and yourself, you will love my becoming a professional astrologer mastery course. If you think I put a lot of details into these monthly reports, month after month, year after year, you should see what goes on, the comprehensive nature of that course, which you can see at loomlife.com, L-U-M-E, life.com. I hope you have a wonderful month and I'll see you next month. Bye.